0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Spirituality and Magic podcast. Now, I've actually been putting this off. I have a new theory that, if true, can have extreme ramifications for our analysis of humanity and the events that have happened through the actions of humanity. Um, I think that it's a good start for this uh, this new season, season two, to really dive into something that i 've been trying to put together, but didn 't really want to sh- didn 't really want to share because of the possible ramifications uh, possible assertions that this theory um, is going to produce so the title is and what we 're going to be talking about then it'll be it 'll seem indirect once we finish this podcast but what we're we're going to be discussing is uh, what horror produces through man. So, let me go ahead and go over a list of of my my thoughts before we go into a couple sources, and then we'll go to my um, idea board, my dry erase board, which has a bunch of notes on it. Very messy, it looks like a crazy person's dry erase board. But we'll go to that, um, you know, after the sources. But first, let's talk a little bit about what I'm talking about in the. Uh, The theory that I am putting forth. Okay, first and foremost, I would like to say that, ironically, or interestingly, this theory, it didn't, it wasn't, it's not from a video game, but a video game inspired me to really think about this. Um, Now, uh, Outlast is a video game I'm talking about, and at one point in Outlast, um, there's this speech There's a speech by a a captured, not a captured, but a a Nazi scientist. And this Nazi scientist was performing experiments in Germany during World War II. Once again, this is fiction. This is from a game. But what he talked about was what human beings can become, the power that they can achieve when exposed to extreme horror, um, a proximity to death and extreme madness is how he put it. Um, the game, you know, it was about nanotechnology and how somebody had to be broken down through horror before they could be a proper host. That's not really what I'll be going into. This is more of a, a, an egregore. A egregore or a a spirit that is produced by a person or multiple people that rides through a people that can can possess... You know one individual, but sometimes can possess multiple individuals a kind of communal possession and this this spirit is created uh, this thought form is created through uh, well we 'll go ahead and talk about that we 'll talk about how uh, such a thing is created, such a spirit is created, a destructive spirit is what i 'm going to be talking about here um, usually um, usually when a spirit is is made through the belief of a people or through the the will. And direction of a people usually it's not usually it's not um evil usually it's not bad but what i'll be discussing is when it goes wrong so let's go ahead and read some of my I uh, some of my explanations of the theory or the premises before we go on to the sources and then the idea board so um let's go ahead and start what horror produces through man our ability to experience and need to conceptualize can be a conduit to become or externally produce beings. In this, I'm speaking about negative beings, egregore, thought form, strengthened into reality accidentally, and possibly using the host as a mount. Um, We we think of um, uh, sometimes in Vodou, we use the term that the Loa, or spirits kind of possess us, and we kind of become their horse. Um, okay, so let's continue. The kind of thought form I'm speaking of is accidental in nature, because my assertion is that a person or a group can witness extreme amounts of horror, which no one would want to go through, and produce a spirit of chaos or destruction with the subconscious motivation of a people or of a person or people guiding it. If a people are lied to about the source of their pain, spirit warfare can be directed. Crazy, right? Evil, right? But has this happened? Has a deliberate possession of a person or a people by a destructive spirit happened? And uh, there's one caveat to this that I'd like to say. So, the reason why this is a negative spirit is that it, a people or a person, even um, their their ego is neutralized. Um, the super ego is controlled through ideology, or or through um, or through something else. Um, but the ego is always neutralized when, of a people when this happens in a destructive or chaotic way. Um, sometimes it's broken down just if it's... We're talking about individuals. Um, the ego can be neutralized if somebody witnesses uh, terrible things and the superego just isn't there. Principles disappear sometimes um, when somebody is broken and then the id just remains. But in this, I'm going to be discussing... Not individuals going completely mad, but individuals whose ego are neutralized because their superego is controlled and their – and thus their ego is neutralized and their id is controlled by a controller. At any rate, let's go ahead and continue because I'm going too far ahead of myself. If you control the superego of a people, then you can direct individual ids. And, you know, the id – I'll describe briefly. The the superego is our principles, our virtues, our values – um, our higher brain functions, um, if that can be controlled on a mass level, the ego, the individual personality between the superego and the id, and the id is like basic instincts, violence, anger, fear, um, desire to consume, desire to survive, um, can be controlled uh, – can be controlled completely if the ego is taken out of it, which is the ego is kind of like in between the superego and the id and kind of makes those compromises. But when it's neutralized, it can be very bad, especially when it's in an entire people. So if you can control the superego of a people, then you can direct ids, individual ids. A kind of group possession takes place. Sometimes horror imagined is all it takes. Preserving the only way to survive, uh presenting the only way to survive, um, is to follow the path you show them so if you convince a people that they will only survive if they if they take these extreme measures or if you create certain values within their head uh, within multiple people's heads then uh, values that of, commun- of a communal nature and also of um, loyalty to the controller which is not the spirit but we'll get into that uh, not the spirit, not the egregore that I'm talking about that's created. Okay, so um, Wiley, <laughs> Wiley Coyote painting a tunnel on a rock. They hit it before they know they'll crash. So I'll read that paragraph one more time. If you control the superego of people, then you, you can direct individual ids. A kind of group possession takes place. Sometimes horror imagined. Horror imagined is all it takes. Presenting the only way to survive is to follow the path you show them. Wiley Coyote painting a tunnel on a rock. They hit it before they know they'll crash. What do Gregors and spirits have to do with this? Think of the mind as a spirit that knows it will survive the death of the body. What horrors could a man do when he is shown a concept of horror to come? Nations rise and fall because of directed spirits. So if you control the superego in a negative way... uh, With negative principles. I mean, even positive ones. Um, People fight for what they believe in regardless of their personal survival all the time. Um, A new kind of id is... develops. One that's not focused on personal survival of the body, but the survival of an ideology, of a principle. This can be used very negatively. It can be used positively as well, but... What we'd be talking about is the negative side of things. So, um, our for, our first source here that I'm going to be using is Medusa's Hair. <laughs> strange title, I know. Um, it's actually, the author says, it's deliberately strange, unaffiliated in a way. Uh, so, it's Medusa's Hair. Uh, it's an, an essay on personal symbols and religious experience. Um, and it is by somebody whose name is very hard to pronounce, Um, Medusa's Hair by Gananath Sekir. So G-A-N-A-N-A-T-H space O-B-E-Y-E-S-E-K-E-R-E. And this is a very fascinating book, but I only have a few passages to read from it to kind of attribute to what I'm getting at here. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and go to the first page of the introduction, which is on page one after the, uh, the uh, prelude. All right, so in this essay, I go beyond a conventional description of the ethnographic background and, artic- and articulate the symbol to the culture, social, and psychological dimensions of the existence of my informants. Once again, in this essay, I go beyond a conventional description of the ethnographic background and articulate the symbol to the culture, social, and psychological dimensions of the existence of my informants. Um, we have some sentences after that, then. This is where psychoanalysis comes in. With its theory of unconscious or deep motivation, it depicts the way motives are linked with symbols or images, generally of a private nature, either in dreams or in fantasy. Um, we, and then I write off to the side. We bring our symbols into creation through the conduit of the mind. So, this is, I attribute this not only to personal symbols, well it's personally relating to something like, let's just, I'm going to be using Nazis as an example. There was a destructive, chaotic spirit to Gregor that was created through, um, through Nazism by the direction of Hitler. Hitler eventually lost control of the spirit, but we'll get into that. Um, very much chaotic and destructive, I'd like to say again. So, um, read that one more time. This is where psychoanalysis comes in with its theory of unconscious or deep motivation. It depicts the way motives are linked with symbols or images, generally of a private nature, either in dreams or in fantasy. So symbols are very important. Symbols take you to understanding something on a personal level, just with your associations with a symbol. Um, Powerful symbols are ones that many people can have a personal relationship with, and that kind of goes into controlling them. So, we go to page 2 and paragraph 1. Personal symbols form an identifiable set within the larger class of psychological symbols, not all of which have motivational significance. And I'm reading about motivation here because we're, the, the motivations of a people, individuals, um, you know, Identifying as part of this group of people, um, motivation has a huge impact of the motivation of a spirit, a Gregor, that is created. A Gregor means something that exists, once again, through faith or belief in it. So if you have a lot of people uh, motivated to, for instance, do something violent, or the idea that they are supreme... Like with the Nazis, that they have to kill Jewish people, and they ha- and that they are supreme to everybody, um, then that motivation will exist for the spirits egregore created, um, and that's what it will drive it. As this, uh, as a bunch of people place their their willpower into it, and then it can ride through many people. Okay, so let's continue. I'll be reiterating a number of ideas in this just to try to get my point across. Once again, this is my own theory. so. Um, it's something that I've developed uh, through a lot of different pieces, and it's still honestly developing because it's a recent theory that I've that I have. But I really believe that this is true. So here we go. Same page, page two. Here every year in the month of Asala, generally in July, ecstatics, mystics, and penitents belonging to all religions, and coming from different parts of the country, gather to pay their homage to the great god of the place. Um, The place in this is not really relevant. Uh, The priests and priestesses in my my sample come here to renew their power, generally by walking over the coals of the Kataragama firewalk. Once again, Kataragama is the god that many religions come here to, come to, to a place to worship and renew their powers, and that's spelled K-A-T-A-R-A-G-A-M-A, firewalk, or by performing various pujas to the god. It is essential that the magnetism of the god, his Akarsana, enter the body of the supplicant. My theory is this can be reversed. So let's read that again and think of how the god not necessarily... Um, so in this, uh, the, the power comes from the god, but what if a spirit, an egregor, could be fueled and p- empowered by a people focusing on it? So it would be reversed. The power of a people would feed this this egregor, the spirit, this created spirit. Um, so here we go. One more time. Here every year in the month of Asala, generally in July, ecstatics, mystics, and penitents... Belonging to all religions and coming from different parts of the country, gather to pay their homage to the great god of the place. The priests and priestesses in my sample come here to renew their power, generally by walking over the coals of the Kataragama firewalk or by performing various pujas, worship acts, rituals, to the god. It is essential that the magnetism of the god, his Akarsana, enter the body of the supplicant. Okay, let's see if I have something else marked in this book, because I want to make sure that I do not miss it. Okay, that's it for this source. Once again, this is Medusa's Hair by Gananath Sekir. You should be able to find it pretty easily. I imagine there's not a lot of books titled Medusa's Hair. Okay, so now we're moving on to... uh, One moment, please. Okay, now we're moving on to Divine Horseman, The Living Gods of Haiti. Uh, there's actually a forward in this by Joseph Campbell, but um, Divine Horseman, The Living Gods of Haiti by Maya Darren, M-A-Y-A space D-E-R-E-N, Divine Horseman. This is a book about Vodou. Now, I'll be using this as a comparative text. Uh, I'm not using the ideas directly in this, but I want to... The, many traditions actually hold the ideas that I'll be discussing in this and understand them. I just decided to use this book because it says it very straightforward, um, but there's equivalencies in every tradition, and this what I, my theory is by no means um, a Vodou theory. It has implications that are not... Um, really connected to Vodou. But I'm going to use this book because it does make some really good points. However, before we do that, let's get a word from our sponsor. And we are back with... uh, And we're going to be reading from Divine Horseman. So, let us discuss some pages from this book. So, like all religions, Vodon is built on certain basic premises. Briefly, it proposes that man has a material body animated by an a spirit or Grossbahn Ange, the soul, spirit, psyche, or self. The soul, spirit, psyche, or self, which, being non material, does not share the death of the body. This soul may achieve, by stages elaborated in the discussion immediately following, the status of aloa, a divinity, and become the archetype, archetypal representative of some natural or moral principle. As such, it has the power to displace temporarily the gross bonga of a living person. Let me spell that gross space b o n space. A-N-G-E, of a living person and become the animated force of his physical body. This psychic phenomenon is known as possession. The actions and utterances of the possessed person are not expressed of the individual, but are readily identifiable manifestations of the particular loa or archetypal principle. Since it is by such manifestation that the divinities of the pantheon make their make known their instructions and desires and exercise their authority, this phenomenon is basic to Vaudon. Occurs frequently and is normal, both to the religion and to the Haitians. In fact, the Haitian would, would find it abnormal if it should suddenly cease to occur. So, it's talking a little bit about the displacement of somebody's personal head, head loa for a time, so that a so that a a loa that is external and even bigger and represents something that is already past it is not connected to something living directly um, can possess an individual. We all have these these loas in our head that you know is kind of like dominant in our head. This this spirit attached to us, but that can be displaced by another spirit. I think you see where I'm going with this a spirit or a Gregor can be made, um, it can ride and possess an entire people. Maybe not even just one at a time, but maybe all at once. Um, it's a communal possession that I'm talking about here. So let's let's move on to the next part that I want to read from this book. I hope that me moving pages around aren't isn't too annoying. Uh, we have actually a few paragraphs to read here, so bear with me. So, what it's going to start talking about is the dis. What it takes to displace that head, Loa, that Loa that kind of dominates your head. Um, it's very ecstatic. It's very. Sometimes it's it's a rep uh, uh, an emotional and physical uh, shock and horror, in order to displace that head, Loa, for a time, but it's not. It's not um, you know, being tortured. Over a long period of time or anything like that, but the psyche has to be shocked. The ego has to be uh has to be made null and void for a time at least um, and then the superego uh allows because of principle and attachment to uh, another loa the super the principles of that other loa that external loa kind of take over the superego and the ego and and even the id. But it's it starts with I think, the neutralization of the ego, and then a full possession takes place, and the super ego, ego, and id become that of, the external loa. So it's a, it's an and it's an insertion, through the ego, and then it spreads to the super ego and the id. So let's let's read this. The major death ritual is, is the ceremony of deso desaunin, a ritual of. Degradation, whose purpose is to detach from the body both the Gross Ban Anga, the personal soul or self, and the Loa, Metititi, the divine Loa, which is the master of the head master of the head is what I was speaking of when I was talking about the Loa that kind of like is dominating the head. Okay, so of the various and sometimes numerous Loa which a man may inherit, there is always one which is manifestly dominant. This Loa is usually the first to have possessed him, and throughout his life, it is his most familiar and intimate divinity. It is the Ma'it Titi, which is that man's special patron and who is most concerned as his er uh, and and who is most concerned as his guardian and logically it is this loa to which he is most indebted who has the most facile access to his head and body and who can be most demanding and exacting the Metetiti, in his special agent in the uh, and it is his special agent in the world of the mysteries, and the other Loa in his head are, in a sense, under the supervision of the Ma'ititi. Titi. It is understood that with the liberation of the Ma'ititi, the liberation of the other Loa is automatically and simultaneously achieved. In a certain sense, the Ma'ititi Titi is the divine parent of the Gros Bananga, the psychic inheritance from the parents. The ceremony of desaunin thus accomplishes two separate but related actions. It serves the loa. It severs the loa cord of the gross bananga, and it separates the gross bananga from its physical parent, the now defunct matter of the body, launching, launching it as an independent spiritual entity into the spiritual universe where it, in turn, becomes either part of the general spiritual heritage of the descendant of that person, or even perhaps the divine parent, the Loa Meititi, me- of some subsequent Grosbananga. And we have one more paragraph I have marked from this. Once liberated, the Loa and the Gros per- peruse, uh, pursue their separate courses, the Loa may return to the abysmal waters, since this is the permanent home of the Loa, and he may at any time thereafter possess anyone else he chooses. Moreover, he has been already inherited, inherited by the children. But the gros bananga, in contrast, must in a sense share in the death of the body. If during life it is placed in a receptacle, a canary, or pot de tete, and if that receptacle then is stolen so that magic may be exercised upon the body through the gros pananga, the person cannot die until the two are reunited. It descends to the abysmal waters and is there confined, unlike the loa, for a year and a day. This period in the abyss is not a purgatory to be cold and wet, uh, to be cold and wet is for frequently exposed Haitian peasants a mild discomfort at most it is a period rather of oblivion a token death from which it must be reclaimed or reborn if it is a if it is to achieve any degree of Im- immortality so I hope that lightens up I hope that gives you a better idea of kind of how the 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 mind can shake loose or the the gross bananga can be shaken loose and thus also the um, the kind of parent Loa that is that is closest and the guardian angel to a person. Uh, I think that I know what my guardian angel is. I call him Arcolite, But regardless, that's all I'll say about him. I don't want to give you too much information on him. Um, mainly because if somebody has too much information on you, it's easy to use um, – Basically, the, the spirits that are attached to you or the, or even the different personalities attached to you in your head uh, against you. So now we go to my crazy person's board. <laughs> I might use this board as a thumbnail just so you can kind of see what I'm talking about, because there's no organization to it. So now, I mentioned before a controller. Somebody like Hitler or Kim Jong-un would be a controller. The one that founds... Well, Kim Jong-un didn't really found it, but as his grandfather, Kim Il-sung, did, um, founds a specific ideology that people are either coerced, forced, or willingly puts, I mean, basically allows it to... uh, allow um, their principles to dominate their super e- superego, nullifying, making null and void the the ego itself, and being able to control the id, the carnal, the instinct aspects of a people. It becomes a group of communal possession, as I said. Uh, for instance, Hitler's ideas, you know, the German people at the time were under great suffering because of food shortages. The uh, German mark went down in value, you had to carry a whole wheelbarrow of German money just to buy a loaf of bread. now that was due to uh, the Great Depression in the United States, which really messed up a lot of parts in the world. So, it, so the German people were experiencing a level of horror through that, of fear. How are they going to continue on? How are they going to get food for their families? Um, who's to blame for this? Why, why are we in this position? We are afraid. That's where somebody like Hitler comes in. He says, "I know exactly whose fault it is, and not only do I know whose fault it is, you know the Jewish people, and then also um <laughs> the communists, and he names a few, he names a number of uh, kind of on the fringe groups, and ones that actually wasn't their fault, of course. Um, not only do I know whose fault it is, uh, we are superior." We you just don't know it yet. This is very attracting to uh, very attractive to the mind. Like wow, I I I now I know what whose fault it is now. Thank you and and you know what? Yeah, I am superior. That's where the super ego starts to be controlled, and that leads to the ego, um, becoming irrelevant. Um, individuality becoming willingly in this case. Uh, well, all the people who loved Hitler from the beginning, I guess, um, willingly, the, the ego is, is surrendered up uh, this, to the ideas of the superego because of the controller, and thus the, the it is controlled by the controller. Now, however, Hitler did not rem- remain in control of this egregore, the spirit that he first laid the foundation to produce. He lost control of it. He became insane. He became irrational. Because so much energy of multiple people was directed into forming this spirit, this egregore, the egregore eventually gained control not only of those listening to the controller, but the controller himself. So let's talk about how how exactly the ego can be can be made to to be irrelevant it all comes back to like i said earlier ecstatic this ecstatic expir- spiritual experience of or it's a combination of love and extreme emotion passion and and rage um, rage and passion and anger these are all things that are usually produced when one goes through something very terrible. Um, now you say, you know, in spirituality, many different traditions, we see this. We see people going through these these trials that are meant to do this exact thing. To, to basically free one's attachment to the material body, and allegiance and be, and form an allegiance to something beyond and a connection with something beyond first and foremost. Whether it be walking on coals, chanting for hours on end, fasting, repetitive prayer, um, going through the cold, making a journey, making a pilgrimage... Putting oneself through a various amount of hardships, all directed to receiving something. And something was received. It was a dark kind of hope in Nazi Germany. It was a dark hope. A lot of the time, I would say most of the time, the spiritual equivalent produces a good hope uh, based on based on selflessness based on an unidentification with the body, based on a connection to something that all of humanity is a part of. But when an egregor or a spirit, when it goes in the reverse, when all this passion and anger is filtered into this spirit that is created, and this false hope is created in the hearts of those empowering this egregor, this spirit, um, that's when... You could even say, I'm going to use the word demonic God or demonic spirit, but a lot of people understand demons in a different way. So. But the, the general understanding of demons for, for, in the way Christians understand it, I think that that is apt. A kind of demonic spirit is created, which rides a people. Well, not only the people who are convinced by it, who opened up their super egos in such a way that only Hitler's ideas became their principles? So them themselves as an individual didn't really matter as much. What mattered is fighting for this idea, so that the idea could survive. Little did they did they know that a, a communal spirit was created. And it rode through everyone who accepted Hitler's ideas. You know, this is true with the Kim family in, in uh, North Korea. This is true th- throughout history in a number of ways. Um, various Roman emperors, the Roman legions could be made to do terrible things, just like people who followed Alexander the Great. But what all of these controllers... What all these controllers share... Is the is well, maybe not every single one, but most share the fact that they eventually lose control of that passion. The passion directed into this egregor that they that is very much connected to the controller consumes them, and the egregor, the spirit, becomes the one who's in charge. That's why we see such insanity and dejection and uh, illogical thinking. Well, I guess all controllers have illogical thinking, but we we see we see such uh, insanity towards the end of their rules because they lost control of that spirit that gregor so now when it comes to you know the you know the spiritual the spiritual act of you know uh, of, of of a journey of hardships political rallies can produce the same thing when people came out of Hitler's rallies, they, a lot of them were crying. A lot of them were sobbing with such joy, were screaming, were just overcome with such... We were completely overcome. This happens at political rallies sometimes. Rarely, but sometimes. Um, when it's supremacy and hatred that fuel an ideology... And people are coming out so happy, they're crying and screaming and and just acting in a in a very um overwhelmed way. That's when you know that's when you know that the controller has control and that an Egregor, a, a destructive spirit. Not all Gregors are destructive, but in this case, a destructive Gregor is being created. And it's still It still rides people today. Um, So this can happen for an individual as well who has very strong beliefs in something that he believes in kind of on his own. But it does happen in groups as well. And what I've been talking about is when it happens in groups. And when when the head spirit, the head loa is kicked out and the ego is neutralized, people become pawns if it's by a controller and not by, <laughs> not by a, a good spirit or a, or even a god or goddess, that's what happens. Through inspiring, overwhelming fear, the ego is neutralized. Controllers accidentally create the spirit. Always losing control in the end. I'm reading some of my notes here, by the way, fear becomes worship, and worship becomes fear. So, like in South, in, and I keep on. Messing up South or North Korea. In North Korea, when you watch a documentary about how people react to a speech or an image of Kim Jong-un or even his father dying, these extreme emotions, um, we see that fear and worship become the exact same thing. A lot of, most Nazis were both afraid and loyal to Hitler. Fear and worship become synonymous. I remember watching this documentary of Kim Jong-un's documentary about his, you know, his regime in North Korea. And this doctor, there's a big problem with losing your sight in North Korea for some reason. Uh, Malnutrition, bad medicine, people have been losing their sight at an alarming rate. And this doctor came in and North Koreans let him come in with his staff. And then he did a bunch of surgeries on these people and made them not blind anymore. And the first thing that they did was not to, you know, smile or scream in joy or thank the doctor. What they did was immediately get on their knees and put their heads to the floor before a picture of Kim Jong-un. They were so afraid that if they didn't do that and they were on camera, that they would be killed or their family and them would be sent to a concentration camp. Fear becomes worship and worship becomes fear. These are signs that we can see. (laughs) These are signs that are easy to notice because they're so strange and foreign. They're so foreign to... I wouldn't I don't know if I would say most of the world, but I would say it's very foreign to somebody who is fairly liberal and living in a western country um, but it's foreign because and it seems strange because that behavior there is a fear a being of fear destruction and chaos riding through a people that it seems like they were just forced into that. most in North Korea didn't really have any other option. Uh, at the beginning of Hitler's reign, people did have an option, you know, before he was elected. Um, so it was more of a choice. But in North Korea, it was never really a choice. So they were forced into empowering this destructive, this destructive egregore being. And Kim Jong-un, his actions have shown that he has lost control of the idea of the supremacy of his ideas and himself. And I imagine the spirit, the Egregor created by the fear and worship of his people has caused him to go over the edge. You could say, no, he's just being egotistical. He really believes that he's some kind of God. That is true. But I feel like there's an underlying spirit or Egregor making, reinforcing these ideas in himself and the people around him. I will continue my research... And try to expand my understanding and try to understand this further about how you can, how you can maybe see this egregore spirit or summon it up and, and see if it exists. Uh, I would not summon it up in order to work with it, but I would like to, see, would like to figure out if it exists. I would like to gain uh, divine sight with the aid of my gods and goddesses and uh, the dead and try to view these spirits that I think exist. Once again, this is a theory of mine. I did, I'm not saying that it's an absolute belief, but it is a theory of mine. At any rate, I hope this has been interesting. It's been kind of chaotic. I know it's. I've kind of repeated a lot of things. I know that it seems like there's a lot of different... Uh, a lot of different ideas going into this. This is why I've been kind of hesitant to do this podcast episode because I, I am still working this out myself. So I apologize if it seems a little crazy or if it seems weird. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts though on it. And uh, if you want to contact me, feel free to go to www.facebook.com slash hunter.salazar. That's h-u-n-t-e-r dot S A O A Z A R. You can message me, you can friend me, let me know. Um, Also, also I would love if you would just donate a dollar a month. That's 25 cents a week. A dollar a month on Patreon, on my Patreon account at www.patreon.com slash darkrealist. Capital D, capital R, darkrealist. For just a dollar a month, you get a little bit extra content, so I share all my videos and my and my podcasts there, and I write some things from time to time, and there's some videos that you can only access on there, so for just a dollar a month, um, I'd greatly appreciate it. It draws more patrons in and allows me to fund my work. Uh, if you don't know, I have a YouTube channel, and my YouTube channel is just type in Hunter Salazar on YouTube, and uh, I will be the first result. At any rate, thank you very much for listening, thank you very much for Listening to the first episode of season two, I hope that it was satisfactory and to your liking and made you think. Thank you all very much and I hope all of you have a great day.